Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, I've, I found the, the world's smallest Sprite bottle. This is in my stuff. It's like an ounce? Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. This is in some random stuff that my daughter found. And it's mine. It's something I've had. It's a it's a glass bottle of what I assume is Sprite. It's got a little lid on it. And she asked me a very poignant question the other day. Dad, what's in this? And I thought, I really don't know. Oh no. I'd be very surprised it's actually Sprite. But then again, it says Sprite on the bottle. So that would be so disappointing if someone actually opened this thing if this thing's probably 20 years 20 no that's that's not even fair 30 it's probably 30 years old wow how are you i'm uh doing well good good to hear it good it to see was you a tough transition getting back to work on monday just yeah yeah it's been a busy couple of days um we have, Oof. without a football game to talk about this week, a lot of football to talk about this week. Um, Strap in. We're gonna we're gonna use this this break to look back on the regular season, tell you how everything went down, not only with just Texas Tech, um, but with uh, the rest of the conference. Talk about how how we projected. Um, the standings over unders before uh, where, when we talked about the um, preseason projections of where the teams would finish, why they would hit that, why they would be better or worse. A couple of them spot on four months old. And it's like, Hey man, that was actually pretty good. Several of them, not even close. We'll talk about those. Um, the other thing, and I know it's kind of it's being a dead horse, and I, I just, I just, I just want to put it out there because I, I, I took the time to do it. Um, the impact <laughs> of Zach Kitley and this offense, we know it was bad this year, uh, but I've got some numbers for you, some numbies to share with you, and it's probably worse than than you were thinking, um, but just. Uh, just gonna share it for the for the for the team for the family for y'all, and let you uh, ruminate on what it all means. But 
after we're done beating that dead horse, we'll talk about some basketball because it's it's full on basketball season now. Michael, we are six games in. We got another game coming this week, and uh, things are happening. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> games are being played. Six I've seen games. scores. Yeah, I've seen scores. I've seen games. I've seen minutes. I've seen dunks. I've seen threes. Have you? I, yeah, I have. Oh, um, okay. I've, I've missed most of those. I just, I'm not entirely sure what I've seen. Like, I've seen Texas Tech basketball play games, actual meaningful games. I'm not sure what any of it means. But we'll talk about it. Uh, and more. Um, Namely, because we didn't get to talk about Thanksgiving foods and we were so wrapped up with uh, Texas Tech basketball just demolishing Michigan and nothing else on oh, Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that we didn't even talk about Thanksgiving foods. And what are we if we're not a food podcast? So, um, yeah, with that, I think we'll we'll go ahead and jump into some football. Uh, I know it had long since happened by the... Last time we recorded, but Texas Tech soccer season came to a close in the third round of the NCAA tournament. They fell 1-0 to North Carolina. And unfortunately, uh, they lost only twice on the season. Once in the Big 12 tournament, once in the NCAA tournament. Otherwise yeah. undefeated this season. 16-2-5 and five is their final record. Heck of a season. Super yes. proud of the way that team competed and just absolutely dominated this season. Yes, and that and that UNC loss was really tough. UNC, those girls were so fast. Uh, I couldn't believe how quickly they would jump on Texas Tech on defense. Uh, you know, I felt like our players had nowhere to go. Usually you have a little bit of cushion when you get the ball, not against UNC, not against North Carolina. They were like the fastest girls on the planet. So uh, I, you could tell right away that this was really going to be tough and the defense that they play and how they were able to stick with our girls step for step the entire game knew it was going to be tough. And yeah, the, I think Maddie White had like six saves just you know one shot got past her but a, a heck of a season a really hard fought game and if you're going to go out it's it's better to end on 1-0 than 57 to 7 yeah. you had to go there didn't you i did it's a segue it is um yeah so let's let's talk about football michael uh, um okay i did start this it's my fault it's my own fault so you wrap up season six and six uh let's let's start with uh our our preseason schedule projections predictions let's know how we did um not that you need a reminder that i i i was very optimistic and thought texas tech could win 10 games this season uh but i i i thought texas tech could and, and would win 10 games uh, of my 12 projections, predictions, I was, I went eight and four on the season. That's not bad. Uh, Michael flipped that. He, he predicted an eight and four season. 
and he went 10 and 2 on the season in his predictions predictions uh while Texas Tech went 6 and 6 so yeah if if only <sighs> so we both had Texas Tech beating Wyoming and West Virginia so those are the two that i missed that if you could have any of a back, those would probably be the two you'd pick. Aside from uh, BYU. Texas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Texas one. Come on, man. No, no, no you're right. Yeah, right. yeah, we want we want to win. We don't want to be right. That's a good point. Uh, I'm not trying to. Well, actually, if I still want I still want Tech to lose because I predicted them to lose in August. No, um, it, it was just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much we want to go through the actual. I'm not going to go game by game. At all. No, but, thank you. Okay, good. But you're like I remember when we were projecting, predicting these games game by game. Um, we both came to BYU as like, well, you're not good on the road. This is one of those games where like you don't know what BYU is, and and you're just you're kind of set up to have a weird clunker of a game on the road, and that is exactly what happened. So I will <laughs> give us credit for for. While we both predicted a loss in August, uh, we both knew exactly how that game was going to play out, even though it played out very differently than I would have yeah, with, thought. With a different quarterback. Um, Oregon, I, I predicted to win. You were right there. Um, your offense looked completely different in game two than it did in like game 10 or 11. Um, you should have won Wyoming. Let's let's not beat around that bush. Um, the rest, I mean, we, Michael, I mean, you went on a heck of a streak, man. Uh, four games in, you were two and two, and then you rattled off eight straight consecutive proper predictions. I yes, I, I went on a five game win streak there at the end. Not that that really matters. Um, we had the same, we had this, well, obviously that's how math works. We had the same picks the last five games. Yeah. And so we, you know, we, we had a good pulse of everything by the time the 21st of October came around back when we did all this in August, we just kind of knew finished the season on a little two and three stretch. That's fine. You're still going to win eight or 10 games. What's the big deal? Yeah. Sounds great. Sign me up. Um, so I, I I mentioned the offense, and I mentioned in, in the, the 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 tease there earlier that we're gonna talk about the the Kitley offense and the impact and the stats and all that kind of stuff. And you can you can have all kind of caveats, all kinds of justifications about why it was the way it was. But I also know that like there were lots of times where we thought that what was happening was going about the absolute most asinine way of of, of, of calling plays and um. Namely, like those sideline screen passes to average a yard per reception. I didn't. I didn't actually do that math, but uh, trust me, that's about what it was. Outside of that one, I, I guess it was Xavier White that took one like thirty yards. The rest of them was like at the line of scrimmage or behind. Um, I'm going to run through these stats and 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 tell me which one of these surprised you the most, Michael. Total passing okay. yards on the season, 2,653. I'm just going to stop right there because that's like half 
at least of what what you should be thrown for. I mean, bare minimum, he should be hitting four thousand yards. That's that's what I think. Twenty six hundred passing yards on four hundred and twenty six pass attempts. That is four six point two three yards per attempt. Um, in terms of Kitley offenses, it's the lowest it's ever been. Even in year one at HBU, he had a better yards per attempt. Um, he had more passing attempts, more passing yards, but more yards per attempt. 21 passing touchdowns and also uh, a low watermark for a Kitley offense. Not not Tech's lowest because in, in Cumbies last year, Texas Tech only threw for 18 touchdowns. Um, but you also had 30 rushing touchdowns that year, whereas this year you had 16. So Kitley's offense generated 37 total touchdowns. Okay. All right, I've got two things. One, would you be surprised if I told you that... Let me me get over here. As far as yards per game... Your leader in the quarterback room is not Tyler Shuck and is not Baron Morton. How do you mean? Well, so I was I was trying to pull it up, but it's it's being stupid. So I was I was uh stalling and I'm still stalling. <laughs> so what I mean is in passing Jake Strong averaged 204.5 yards <laughs> per game. Okay. Shuck was 186. Morton was 166. That last game against no. Texas certainly did not help. Now, of course, Strong had 35 completions on the year on 65 attempts. And of those 30 incompletions, six went to the other team. So, sliding scale but i just you know he had the worst you know uh percentage as well but i don't think that helps kitley's case either for your third string quarterback to somehow be able to amass more passing yards per game i i know there's a ton of other thoughts through there you know by the time strong came in tech was down uh at byu they were on the road and, you know, he did have a couple of a big breakout passes, I think. But that's also how he got all those interceptions was because he was throwing it deep and just kind of hoping somebody was down there. But I'm trying to equate. Okay, that was the first thing. I'm trying to equate the passing yard disappearing, uh, just production period, points disappearing with a different style of offense. Is it? that effective to run the ball that much more? I mean, does it set it up to a point to where, well, of course you're not going to have more passing yards. Of course you're not going to have as many attempts because you are running the ball effectively when you do it. It's just kind of a chicken egg circular logic thing. I I can't come around to it completely, but I, I do think that 
no, I don't think Texas Tech needs to be, has to be an air raid team. They have to have X amount of yards a game necessarily through the air. But I do think points matter. Um, I would like to see a lot more points per game. And sometimes the way you do that is you call passing plays where receivers get open and they run a drag across the middle or they slant towards the post or they just run a slant or they run an out. Um, and, and you can get the ball to them quickly. Sometimes they can break a tackle, but to just throw a fade, fade after fade after fade. Um, sometimes those work. Sometimes they don't. And if you're going to just throw nonstop fades, You've got some guys that were six, seven on your team that combined for like 15 catches. That's not right. I actually looked that up. I think Cup had like 11, and I think Tharp had 15, something like that on the season. I didn't realize they were that close, but Tharp and Cup were just a few receptions away from having the same amount. So they averaged just barely over one per game. I don't know where you're going next. Sorry. You just said one step was, and we just rattled off like five minutes of well, cathartic nonsense or I did anyway. So I think your, your passing offense definitely was, was abysmal. Um, and I don't know what it is because if you look back at, um, at Kitley's, this is apples and oranges. I probably, if you look at Kitley's last year at Western Kentucky, Michael, he had, four receivers pass surpass tech's leading receiver this year. Do you know how many yards our leading receiver this year has Michael? Are you, are you calling him leading receiver by yards or receptions? Cause those are two different guys yards. Yes, I do. It's not great. It's less than 500, 495 yards. That's your leading receiver in terms of yardage. Xavier white, 34 catches, 495 yards. Now, I'm not going to tell you and go back and do the math and tell you the last time you had a receiver, your leading receiver be that low. I will say Western Kentucky's fifth receiver that year had 220 yards. Fourth, 691. Third, 763. Second, 1402. First, 1902. And we can acknowledge, 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 Man, I'll get there eventually. That that year is special and an anomaly, and all sorts of records were made. But man, to almost quadruple, you know, to 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 be two years removed from a receiver who would almost quadruple the yardage of your top receiver is seems to not be trending the way it should be. And speaking of top receivers, so. Xavier White's gone. Miles Price looks to be gone, and he was the top receiver by receptions despite only playing 10 games. I I found this today, too. It seemed like the more active he was in games, the better Tech did. So of his 43 receptions, 27 of them came in Tech's six wins, and then the other 16 were in Tech's six losses. And yes... There's some zeros in there, 
Like he didn't play versus UCF tech one, but he also didn't play versus Texas. We know how that went. And then he didn't have a, he didn't log a catch versus West Virginia. Although he played, he had at least one return, but I think he was banged up that day. There was something weird. So that's, that's all I'm, that's all I'm trying to, to show is, well, he didn't play versus Texas. Yeah, I know that's proving the point. If miles price isn't around, Tech has a harder time putting points on the board. Yeah. Now you could say, well, Spencer, it's because they ran the ball more this year. Right. That's, it's, well, it's fair. Well, it's fair. okay. So Texas Tech ran 437 times for 1,990 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. You know what the Western Kentucky rushing output was? 349 carries. So 80 carries fewer. Less. 80, okay. But they, they played in 14 games. So the difference. A lot less per game. That's five fewer carries per game. They finished with 1,434 yards, so just over 100 yards a game, whereas Texas Tech finished at 1,990, which was 142. So they had 40 more rushing yards per game. That is it. Tyler Shuck had, let's see, because that, that just came up in the YouTube comments. Tyler Shuck had 149 yards, 750 passing yards. So he had about a 900 total yards. Chase, to your point there. Um, my goodness. Okay, so that was passing. Um, 4.55 yards per carry this year. Uh, that's a little bit, I mean, we expect it to be down, uh, is the best that he's, he's done. Uh, Kitley has, um, 2021. So Cumbies last year when it was super heavy, uh, run 4.7 yards per carry, actually a much better rushing offense that year, 30 rushing touchdowns last season, Michael, we had 28 rushing touchdowns. So you're like, well, like, Kitley still ran the ball a lot. We ran in a lot of touchdowns. This year, 16 touchdowns. He dropped 12 rushing touchdowns. Total offense dropped uh, 1,300 yards. Uh, granted, this is 13 games to 12 games so far. Um, but 80, 85 yards per game fewer. Um and five point under five point four yards per play last year was just under five point five. Uh, Kitley before he got to Texas Tech was averaging six point three yards per play. Hang on, so Texas Tech averaged eighty five yards per game less on offense this year than last year. Yes. Good night. Total offense. Sure, and sure, but that's a drive. Of- yeah, almost all of it is 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 the passing game. So last year you averaged three hundred and two yeah. yards per game. This year you averaged two twenty one. Uh, you ran for one hundred and fifty nine point four yards per game last year. This year you ran for one hundred and sixty five point eight. So you you ran for six more yards per game, but threw for uh, eighty one fewer yards. So seventy five, I guess. I can do that math. 
which is a, okay. a complete drive. Oh, and yeah. guess what, Michael? Points, you're down six points per game. Six, I know. It's it's a big drop. It's the lowest. Like we, I think I brought it up on Friday. It's the lowest it's been since 2008. And I didn't have the guts to go back any further. And 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 my 18 and a half points per game here is offensive touchdown scored. I, I did not... I did not want to consider anything special teams or defensive related. That's I, fair. And, and, and to make, I did not consider that. So, I mean, maybe there's some weird year where that would really make a difference, but yeah, my, all of my averages were just straight up points on the board, not necessarily defensive touchdowns or, or, or whatever else. Cause I, and, and I don't think you had any defensive touchdowns this year. You did have a special teams kick return. So maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but I just did total number of passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns times six because the extra point, I, which, which I did that to every one of his years. I, I didn't just like, Oh, I'm going to take off a point here because I don't like him. No, I just, his, because <laughs> if they miss the extra point, that's not on Kitley's offense. Yeah. That's special teams. Yeah. If they make the extra point, that's not on Kitley's offense. No, unless they were going for two and they miss it. Right. But I, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> that happened what, twice, three times this year? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it happened in Wyoming. Yeah, there was that. There was one, I felt like we were, were chasing points in one of the games. West Virginia, maybe? Maybe. Or Oregon. It was Oregon, I think. Oregon. I, I think, it seems like they did a couple of two-point conversions really early and then that was that. Yeah. So, um hundred fewer points scored this year than last year. 1300 fewer total yards. Your yards per play was down. Um, yards. I mean, your rushing yards per game, which I thought was wild, almost the exact same. Uh, your rushing touchdowns per game went down because you ran for 12 fewer touchdowns. Like you talk about like the rushing. Oh, it was Taj Brooks, but like, the rushing game only changed by six yards and he was so good. But where was everybody else? (laughs) Literally no, like Cameron Valdez was second on the team and he overtook Shuck and like game 12 of the season or 11. I I think it was against uh, UCF because he don't think he played or carried the ball uh, very much at least. 40 carries on the season for Valdez, 250 total yards. Where he passed Shuck, who had 48 carries and 149 yards. So he put up 100 more yards than than Shuck did, but it took him until the second to last game of the season to do it. Because nobody else ran the ball. The next running back on this list, Bryson Donnell, four carries. I thought he looked good, too. He did. Oh, and by the way, Tyler Shuck, Nehemiah Martinez, and Jake Strong are between running backs two and three on that list. Jake Strong had more carries and more yards than the next running back. All right. The other thing, which I, I, I know we've talked about, um, but just just from conversations I've had, and not like I, like I'm some kind of inside source or anything, don't expect Kitley to be fired. If Kitley leaves, if Kitley's not no longer the coach, the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, it's going to be because he accepted a job somewhere else. At least this season. So 
Um, you would think something would, would have to change. Um, I don't know if that means a co-offensive coordinator. I don't know if he would be down for that. And maybe that would instigate a change on his part. Um, I don't know if it would be position coaches because your your receiving went way down, way out the window. I I don't even know. It's so bad um, to have your leading receiver have 495 yards. Uh, Jaren Bradley, who we thought was going to be have a breakout candidate type season, 430 yards. Also a top name of the possible transfers out. Miles Price, uh, while the transfer portal hasn't, doesn't officially open until next week, um, he's assumed to be gone. Uh, 43 catches, 410 yards. Yeah, and he was on, let's see, Lone Star Player of the Year preseason award watch list, Bolitnikoff preseason watch list, and we'd seen what he was able to do. He looked so good in 2021, and we we thought when, yes. when, when Keatley was going to show up, he's like, Man, we're so excited for Price and what he's going to be able to do. And for two years in a row now, it feels like Miles Price has just kind of been just kind of in the in the, in the background here. Uh, last year, 51 catches, 513 yards. So about the same. But about the same production, but less catches. So almost like if he'd played all 12, it'd have been... I, it just... He just seems like he could have been used a lot differently and it would have been way more impactful. But yeah, Bradley's same way. I mean, I, the glimpses we got to see of him, his first season especially, kind of his coming out party and stuff, he just felt like, okay, he's going to make the leap. But I mean, I, I'm not calling for Kitley's job by any means. I, I just do think it's reasonable to question how it got to this point, what was the thought process, where was it decided that, or was it decided that points aren't really that important? <laughs> um, you know, fielding a, a passing offense that can confuse people and confuse defenses is not that important. Just running the ball as much as possible, almost as a crutch. To, you know, to where it was not something he seemed like he really wanted to do initially. And then it got to where well, that was about all that was working. Yeah. And I, yeah, three different starting quarterbacks. We know all that. That's why I'm kind of thinking. And guess what? You had three different starting would, quarterbacks last year and you put true. up 1300 more passing yards last year. Yeah. And, a, Even and an extra Donovan, touchdown. Yeah. With Donovan Smith as the, 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 the runner that he was, he was more prone to run last year. Yeah, and if we're going QB threes, Dogovan Smith is a slight upgrade to Jake Strong. Considerable, no and I, no, no shade to, to Strong. No shade. But, um, but I don't know. There's there's so many factors. I'm not thinking, oh, well, he's got to go. But I think he's got to really rethink his philosophy, and especially with all the players he's losing either to the portal or to just, you know, exhausting their eligibility. Yes, there's yeah. new guys coming in. And yes, there's a lot of new guys on the roster that we should be able to start seeing on the field more, but they're they're not experienced. You've got to account for that in play calling. Um, and, and we've seen that sometimes he struggles with accounting for inexperience 
in play calling, like putting QB three in and asking him to just start throwing bombs or when the game is when the game isn't out of hand, you know, or run the option. Yeah. Yeah. After seeing QB two go down, carrying the ball. So you talked about, uh, talent leaving, uh, the week of the UCF game, we went over the seniors. Uh, it's still early, uh, but we've got a couple of names officially thrown out there for guys that are leaving, uh, namely Tyler Shuck, which isn't a big surprise, but but maybe it was. Um, it is unfortunate, but I, I know we all we all were excited for the future with Baron Morton. Uh, we're going to get that, obviously, as. Uh, the lone standing quarterback, uh, I mean, with Jake Strong and Will Burns and um, Will Hammond, but he he's not going to come in and, and and be pushing for starting time. He may push to be QB2, um, but so not having that. Well, so, will the, so will the fans after like a couple of bad bear and interceptions. Yeah, you're like, everything they were saying this season will just – just slide right on over to the new QB two. Yeah. And then, uh, offensive lineman Landon Peterson announced his intentions to hit the transfer portal. Um, have you seen the smoke about Shuck possibly to UCF? No, but that was a little scuttlebutt on that. Um, is Plumley out of eligibility? I don't know, but, now I want to know, is that the, would that be the furthest overall distance someone has transferred unless someone transferred from Hawaii to somewhere? Okay. That, that can't to Buffalo. We can't have that, but to go from, yeah, but to, uh, to go from <clears throat> Oregon to Florida, I mean, that's gotta be up there. That would, if he lands there, I, I wouldn't hate that for him. That, that the offense I think would, would fit his skill set. I wouldn't hate anything for him. I mean, I, I, I've got a soft spot for him. I really do. I just can't imagine having your career in three years in a row, basically like that. And then kind of get the hope that you did in, in 2022 and pick up, pick up your mojo and feel like you can pick up right where you left off rolling into 23 and then to break your freaking leg. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've got a soft spot for the guy. So I'm wherever he lands, I don't care where it is. I hope, I hope it's a good spot for him, and I'll be rooting for him. And uh, well, if he lands at UCF, I'm sure we'll, we'll root for him, except for the game next year against us. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Do, uh, well, do we play UCF next year? I don't. It doesn't that. matter. It doesn't matter. We're not. Yeah, it, um, it does, but it doesn't. But it's not worth me looking it up. The other guys, uh, it, it was tweeted out that Miles Price is expected to hit the portal again with it not really opening unless they say something themselves. Um, you're not going to see that officially anywhere else. Um, now, the other, this other guy, he tweeted out a highlight video from 2022. Nehemiah yeah. Martinez. Yeah. Um, and that that to me screams like, I'm putting my tape out there for those to see me so I can get a look elsewhere. Uh, he didn't and say also, he was leaving, but also very obvious. I don't have a 2023 highlight reel because no one gave me the ball. 
So yeah, maybe I'm looking for someone to give me the ball. Here's the last year I actually got to have some touches. Yeah. Um, no, so nobody else is, is official or even hinted at, but, um, if you are, uh, Patreon subscribers to gambling gauchos, then you know that Kyle put out a pretty extensive list on those that were, uh, portal likely. And it's, it's a, it's a significant list, uh, namely because you, you need to actually make room for the incoming class, uh, based on scholarship numbers. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I I'm not going to, I'm not going to release anything behind their, their paywall there, but, um, there, there are a handful of guys that you would expect, whether it's like a Jerron Bradley, uh, based on their, their performances or just guys that had, had, uh, higher expectations, uh, and that didn't, didn't end up contributing, um, like a Nehemiah Martinez. Um, and then obviously the other, other candidates that like that they've been here a while, they, they should have cracked the, the rotation and weren't getting playing time. They're getting passed up by younger guys. Um, anyways, you, you can find that over on, on their, their, their Patreon. Um, but the next, next week or so, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, we, I did see, uh, Tex Tech is throwing out, uh, offers to transfer offensive linemen like crazy. Um, so that's obviously already a point of emphasis heading into this, this off season. Um, looking at guys from the group of five level, but with lots of experience. And I, I know we've had some mixed, uh, mixed results there with, with, with pulling guys from, from group of five and asking them to, to step up in the, the higher competition level and to be able to contribute. Um, but lots of guys hit the portal from their, their, their schools as they're, as they're losing coaches or they're looking for, uh, their next opportunity, but offensive line, uh, and probably receiver. I don't know if you're going to be looking at like, a a seasoned, but backup quarterback, um, because past Morton last uh, next year, you're going to have Jake strong as the most <laughs> seasoned guy. Um, which isn't always a bad thing, right? Like you don't want your backups to have a whole ton of experience. If you're talking about your quarterback, because that means you have <laughs> had too many, too many bad things happen. But, um, it's also, as we've seen, not a bad thing to have a guy, uh, in the wings with some experience. So when they step in, it's not an unmitigated disaster. Um, but that, that, that'll be uh, firing up here pretty soon. The coaching silly season, the carousel, uh, is in full effect. Michael, were you surprised that Dana Holgerson was fired? A little bit. I, I know that they had, the leadership have kind of stuck their foot in their mouth the last few years talking about, but we expect such and such wins here. And they fired Major Applewhite after an eight and five season in its second year. So I, I don't think it's, of course, he got blown out by somebody in the bowl game. I forgot. It was like 70-something. Anyway, I, I don't think it's crazy out of character that they fired him, but I thought they would at least give him two years in the new conference. That was just, I had that in my head. So, yeah, I was a little surprised, but also not completely out of character for their leadership. No. Um 
I, I, not surprised, but just like I just roll my eyes at like uh, Aranda being retained, but he's basically replacing his entire staff. Um, which pulling I, I, a Tom Herman at that point is like, well, I mean, isn't that shouldn't that also be you? Like, if, if everybody is going, shouldn't you just like, yeah, that was me too. Um, who else? Uh, we West got the Virginia? new guy at AM. Yeah, Mike Elko at 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 A and M. Um, I I always like they never they never fail to to entertain me the Aggies when they uh, put their arrogance on display when the whole Mark Stoops was like agreed to in in theory whatever for all of like an hour or whatever it was this weekend. Until the 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 board, I guess, hadn't signed off on it. The fan base had a huge uproar. Like, no, 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 no. Where we like, we reached out and and Mark Stoops and he's great, but he, he's not our guy. And then Mark Stoops released that statement. I, I've been contacted, but I'm I'm super happy here. It's like, dude, you had agreed to it in terms, basically starting to pack your your home. And then Andy was <laughs> like, hold the phone, guys. Slow your roll. Um. But then also like thinking about who is available um, and like up and comers that you were, you were thinking like were, were kind of tabbed like the next big guy or the next, you know, hot name. Like this was not a deep coaching pool this year, right? Like you weren't hearing like, oh man, right. like this is like this guy's just waiting for his next turn. Like trailer, his name was thrown up a couple years ago and just like all, all the openings now is like, I mean, I guess he could go to Houston. I guess he could go wherever like all these places. Um, yeah. So it's just like all that's, all that's going on. Um, did you see the, uh, the work? Hang on. I had one more thing on a and Oh, please do. Please share. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it to work and it's not working. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine who's an Aggie sent this, this photo of Elko. I'm just going to show you. I don't think I have his name on there. Do you see the photo? Where and he was. Okay, there it is. Oh, yeah, I've got it on the screen. And so it was mainly just, and then he just commented. Uh, so it's it's him at his press conference, and he's waving up, and he's got his suit jacket on. And my friend just says, uh, big boy coach with an ill-fitting jacket. Let's effing go. <laughs> And I mean, I, he means that in like a, the best way he's, he just wants somebody that coaches football and just come on, let's just get a guy here that can coach football. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of appreciated the simple things of that. Yeah. Didn't have like some big to do or whatever. He's just wearing some off the rack coat and looked uncomfortable and. My friend was like, yeah, this is who we need. Just some guy who's like, I, I just want to go coach football. Let's let's go figure this out. All right. Uh, speaking of coaching football, Michael, the, the bowl game projections. <laughs> that was a terrible segue. Uh, has Texas Tech <laughs> staying fairly local to uh, the large alumni base there in the DFW area. Two of them, two possibilities there in DFW and then one in Shreveport. So just a short three-hour drive. Um, but I think most likely, at least right now, would be the Independence Bowl 
not that far off on the 16th of December uh, versus a Pac-12 team. I haven't looked at their their standings to figure out who that would be, but uh, I've seen Cal mentioned quite a bit. Cal, that, that was the name. Yeah, the the Holiday Bowl rematch. Um, or you could end up in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, or the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl in Dallas. Those would be uh, more closely surrounding the Christmas holiday, the 23rd and 26th. Um, so I'm highly, I'm, you know, of, of those three, I'm very tempted to make it to one of them. I yeah. mean, that's, that's dumb. That's a dumb way for me to word that. I, I think I could make any of those work. And so I, I'm really just trying to see where they actually land and and uh, even Shreveport because that, that game kicks off, I think, at 8.15 p.m. So if it's a good weather day, I could, in theory, just hop in the car at a normal time that morning, get there, <laughs> check into the hotel. It's like an eight-hour drive from here. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but, but, you know, normal time. It's not like I have to leave at 7 in the morning. I could leave at 8 get there five or six, you know, with some stops and some traffic and whatnot. Unpack the bag, head to the stadium. Let's see what that no problem. looks like. Hold on. I looked it up the other day, seven hours, 36 minutes or something like that from Lubbock to Shreveport, Lou. From my house to Shreveport, 750. Ooh, maybe I looked up. Yeah, but there there are idea. some there are some uh, road closures real close by. So maybe that's ah uh, man, traffic. maybe slowing us down. Okay, maybe I should leave a little early. Maybe I'll grab some some water burger and, and hit the road early. Hey, the, the, this this could end up being like a twenty three personal road trip. <laughs> we could show. Do we just the, come right back? The gambling. game's over. We just get in the car and drive home. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I'd spend the night there, man. That, that, that I'm not driving 16 hours back and forth for a four hour game. Um, yeah, that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> just drive back on Sunday, but well, I don't know. Cause, cause I'm going to be in Dallas for, for Christmas It'd really be better. It'd really be better. More, more convenient for me if they would just, it'd be more it, convenient for a lot of people if it was in Dallas, if they would just do it, the, the, the Frisco or the, the Fort Worth bowl, please. Uh, and just skip the independence bowl. Um, so we'll obviously keep an eye on that. We'll know more on Sunday uh, where they're headed. Uh, let's let's quickly run through the last week of, of Big 12 action and then get to the, the final standings. Michael, we've been talking a lot about Texas Tech, which of course is what we normally would, but we have a lot more to talk about football-wise before we wrap it up. Last weekend, Oklahoma defeated TCU 69-45. That's a lot of freaking points. Um. I did not watch that game. I was I was so beaten down by Texas Texas Tech. Uh, granted, I think that one was also on Friday. And I was not. Well, it was mood. before. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. And it was, was before. Yeah, wasn't watching that one. That's a lot of points for for OU to give up to TCU, but a ton of points for TCU to give up. Give up. Uh, Speaking of points, any any guess on what the over under was on that game according to ESPN? Seventy. Close. Oh, you hit it on their own. It was 66 and a half. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Farmageddon did not see this game scoring wow. 80 points. Uh, especially in the in the in the the, the snow. But 
Uh, Iowa State takes down Kansas State 42-35. Again, ton of points for Iowa State. They supremely over overperformed uh, uh, my expectations this year. Uh, yeah, and the Gauchos had a tweet that I kind of agree with. Kind of, they said, uh, "Matt Campbell, Big Twelve Coach of the Year?" Question mark. Maybe. Uh, I, I I assumed with all the non uh, preseason stuff, they were going to be a little more hampered, but maybe not. Yeah, I think it's between him and probably Gundy and or <clears throat> Neil Brown. Neil Brown. <laughs> yeah. Those those are the three, or it's Sarkeesian. I mean, really, Sarkeesian's a, a. You hate to give it to the number one team in the conference, but yeah, that's a pretty guys. good turnaround. <laughs> sure, they were expected Agreed. to win the conference, and they did that. That they met expectations. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Oklahoma State needed overtime to defeat BYU, and it was a turnover in overtime uh, yeah, against a brutal. BYU backup quarterback on the road. Uh, 40 to 34. Uh, I watched a couple minutes of that game. I was bored. I, I, I was looking for things to watch on Saturday. Uh, and I just, it wasn't holding my attention. Uh, it was basically just taking up time until Farmageddon kicked off. Well, part of it was because it was, you know, BYU was up 24 to six going into halftime. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State didn't decide to really show up till the fourth quarter. Yeah. So they they played their way into the the conference title game, uh, which is crazy. Which we'll, we'll we'll talk about the the preseason projections and and how everybody finished and how it happened. But um, that was that was crazy to me. UCF beating Houston twenty seven to thirteen. Uh, that sealed Houston's what was it three and nine season. I think they won four. four. They're four and eight. Um, yeah, four and eight. Two and seven in Big Twelve play, uh, but did get UCF to six wins. West Virginia squeaked one out against Baylor 34-31. Oh, really quickly, back back to Kansas State. You saw that Will Her- Howard is hitting the portal, right? Yes, I did. And so Trey Avery Johnson, here we go. Oh, my gosh. And he's going he's gonna to eat it by his lunch. He's so good. Uh, maybe we don't have to play him. And they're running back. Yeah, maybe. I don't have the schedule. I don't remember the matrix. <laughs> I don't remember this, the, the scheduling matrix. West Virginia took down Baylor 34-31. Kansas put the nail in the Cincinnati Woo. coffin 49-16. to That was a storm of bad things for Cincinnati. First-year coach making the jump up to Big 12 play, bringing a lot of new players. Bad. Speaking of bringing a lot, lot, lot of new players, uh, let's not forget all the hype that Colorado was getting coming into the season. Mm. Quietly finished the year 4-8. Yeah, and I think they won. They finished on a six-year skid. Is that right? A six-game skid? Or six, six-year. Six-game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something, it was bad. something really rough. The, yeah. the four, their four wins came early. Yeah. Uh, so that sets up the Big 12 title game this weekend, Saturday at 11 on ABC, Texas, Oklahoma State. It is going to be a bloodbath. The Pokes think fought so? so hard to get into this game, and they are going to get annihilated. They are so bad. They are they the they are so lucky of their schedule of lucky. the schedule. Yes, and that was one thing that we pointed out, which, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, how a team would, would finish above or below. Uh, one thing we said for Oklahoma State because they were picked, um, they were picked eighth, Michael. Um, 
and we said one reason that they'd, they'd finish better is they had the second easiest schedule out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played all four newbies. Yeah. So, um, let's let's uh, let's run through the the rest of the conference here real quickly. So, oh, I forgot. I meant to add the. I think the last I saw, Texas was a thirteen and a half point favorite. <laughs> Good gravy. You know, you know, I think they were a 14 point favorite when Tech made the trip down there. Did you ugh. so we know how that went? Did you did you see um and who knows? This might have been mind games or whatever, but supposedly Sarkeesian didn't even have them practice in pads all week. No. That that was something I saw from a credible reporter, a, a blue check somebody. Yeah. That, that, that so doesn't I, help. Michael. I think that happened. No, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't help. So why they finished better, worse than projection Texas tech. Sorry. Texas projected first. They finished first. Uh, they couldn't finish any better than first. Everything comes together, which it did. Uh, then they leave the big 12 and the dust with a conference title. That's what we said in August. That's what happened. 11 and one on the season, eight and one in big 12 play. OU was picked to finish. Second, they ended up finishing third at ten and two, so just one spot off. Seven and two um, in conference play. Kansas State was picked to finish third, fell to fifth. This they they probably would have hit right at third had they beat uh, Iowa State or even second. I don't remember how, how all the tiebreakers would have worked out. They may have finished second had they beat um, Iowa State and Farmageddon there this past weekend, but they fell to fifth. Um, TCU preseason was picked fourth. They finished ninth. They miss a bowl game. They go from national title game to missing a bowl game. Michael, did you hear that um, they had possibly known about Michigan sign stealing? Um, but instead of being little babies about it, they actually were smart. Uh, and I'm, I'll give them credit if this is what happened. They didn't change like they they didn't stop using their signals, but what they did is they changed what it meant. So when they they had a signal that said, hey, we're going to throw a sideline screen or whatever, and they would expect the Michigan defense to play real tight, what they did is have like a double move, and they, they built in uh, whatever would be most advantageous. If a defense thought you were doing A, then we're going to do B. If that's how they beat Michigan as bad as they did in the playoff last year, props to them. They said, hey, Michigan, yeah. if you're going to try to steal Steins, fine. We'll be smart and change them up. And they did, If again, again, if that's what they did, good for them. Well, that was the former OC too, right? Yeah, that would have been Riley. Um, yeah. Who is, you know, no longer with him. Texas Tech was picked to finish fifth, uh, finished seventh, uh, based on some tiebreakers because you didn't have the the best record here. You finished ahead of uh, somebody with a better record. Um, but you finished six and six, five and four. We thought, um, obviously, you if you're going to be better than fifth, you're going to have a healthy Tyler Shuck, which you didn't get. Returning production on O-lined, they were okay. Um, they weren't like glaring issues. Like you didn't have a big hole somewhere. Um, you moved some guys around. You had to deal with the stats injury, uh, the Spencer injury. Um, 
I, I thought you would have you would have had a better uh, jump in the offensive production based on you year two in the system. Um, and then why they finished worth worse fourth down production regresses. You definitely saw the number of attempts drop way down um, because your third downs were super long. You couldn't replace uh, Tyree Wilson. That absolutely was true. And then your linebackers. Yeah. That was not true because your linebackers that you played this year, Ben Roberts and um, Rodriguez, when he was healthy, were fantastic. Baylor were at what they were picked to finish sixth. They finished thirteenth. Um, we thought they had, they had the best running back room in the conference. Uh, odd year spikes. This actually breaks that cycle. They were good in odd years coming up into this. Um, we thought they'd finish worse if they, you know which having to replace too much on the offensive line. Shapin just isn't that good. Shapin wasn't bad. Uh, he was hurt most of the year, though. Um, they just weren't there. Uh, UCF was picked to finish seventh. They finished ninth. We said they had a dynamic rushing offense with Plumley and the running backs. Guess what, Michael? They were top five rushing offense in the country. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Pretty good run on the ball. Uh, Oklahoma State picked eighth, finished second. Uh, we said again, second easiest schedule. Offense can't get worse? Question mark. It was something. <laughs> uh, they tried to roll with three different quarterbacks. Finally settled on Bowman. Bowman was kind of uh, a point guard in the sense that, like, he distributed the ball, didn't make a ton of mistakes. He made some pretty good throws. I didn't watch a ton of Oklahoma State this year, but that BYU game, he made some pretty good throws. Pretty impressed with it. Got the ball out quickly, too, which always seemed to be a problem. Yep. BYU was picked ninth. They finished 12th. Um, they had a track record of producing quality quarterbacks. And uh, I'm blanking on, on their starter's name. Who, who was it? Number 12. Oh, my gosh. Keaton no Slovis. He was pretty is. good when he was in there. Um, Iowa State... Was picked 10th, finished 4th. Huge jump up. Uh, <laughs> this was in the, the back. I said, um, or sorry, in, 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 in our, our, our predictions here, how they could finish better. And I, I was like, I'm not sure. Maybe they find diamonds in the rough buried on the depth chart. Probably what happened because I was so down on them and they completely over uh, overshot there. Uh, six and three. In Big Twelve play, um, yeah, and and so the, I mean they lost two conference games, so they were two and two, or you know one and two actually heading into Big Twelve play, and everybody just thought, well, this is just going to be, they're going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And then they went on a really solid run and and started playing some really good football, and, and you got you started seeing that defense that that they'd been able to hang their hat on the last couple of years. Kansas was picked to finish 11th and finished 8th. I thought they could have and should have finished better than that. Here, here's a team that uh, you finished ahead of, uh, but they had a better record. Uh, you were 7th, 6-6, six and 5-4. Six, and four. Kansas was 8th at 8-4, eight and four, also 5-4, and four, but you had the head-to-head. Uh, we said that they, they finished better than that because of the best co- quarterback-running back combo in the conference. I think that held out to be true. Um Texas probably could have have competed for that if Jonathan Brooks had stayed healthy all year. Uh, if Daniels for for Kansas had stayed healthy all year, it wouldn't have been even a question. Uh, they returned almost all their offense. They were building momentum. Jason Bean is also a just fantastic backup quarterback for them. 
um, how how they would finish worse. They were replacing their defensive line. We saw that against Texas Tech, like for stretches of the game, Texas Tech was able to do what they wanted against that defensive line. Um, but good enough to finish with eight and four record. High most wins for Kansas and and I don't know fifteen years, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, good for only eighth in the conference though. So. Uh, Cincinnati picked to finish 12th, finished 14th, ended up going three and nine. Um, I, I, I thought the quarterback w- w- would have been better. They just had a, just didn't come together just yet. West Virginia picked to finish 13th, ended up finishing sixth. Um, we thought, you know, they were going to be better than that, uh, because Brown was going to be forced to use Garrett Green in the run game. Guess what? Green was their third leading rusher on their team, 111 carries, 708 yards, six and a half yards per carry, and 13 rushing touchdowns. When he like he even played the whole year, um, which was fantastic. They uh, they had two running backs finish with almost identical yards. C.J. Donaldson had just under 800 yards. Jaheim White 792, uh, right up there with Green. So their replacement. Uh, they're replacing talent there on the offense, which I think we said that they were, they would falter there. It's so much to replace. Um, they had three guys combined for 2,500 rushing yards, which is fantastic for them. Uh, and then finally Houston picked to finish 14th, finished 11th. Um, I thought Donovan Smith and Tony Mathis would have been better. Um, but they end up, you know, they had to replace every significant contributor from last season. So it happens. Which is Holgerson is what this is what uh, Tech's about to do too, right? I don't want to talk about it, man. It's gonna be bad. It's fine. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. I wrote a note to myself that I'm gonna read in August next year to remind myself <laughs> not to pick don't Tech to go eight four. Yeah, don't go eight and four again. All right. Anything else on, on football you want to you touch on before we wrap this up, move on to basketball? No, I I, I think the, the main things I wanted to just kind of gloss over, which we did a little bit with coach of the year candidates, you know, West Virginia being picked 16th, finishing sixth, Iowa State being picked 10th, finishing fourth, and then uh, Oklahoma State being picked eighth and finishing second, you know, just to see those kinds of, turns around turnarounds and uh you, you know way exceeding expectations i think that makes a viable can of course Leipold's always got to be in the mix too uh kansas although they weren't picked last they were picked 11th and they finished eighth and like you said it's a weird spot to be an eighth with an eight and four record but five and four in the big 12 with who they lost to including tech that'll put you there so he's got to be in the in the running as well. But uh, some really good coaching and uh, team efforts from the Big 12 this kind of weird one-off season until the other four show up and two leave. Yeah. The big – what's the math there? So 12th or Big 16 will be the Big 16. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, did, did you want to talk about our our predict our, our prediction? 
really quickly our projections, predictions about over/under season totals for the Big Twelve teams. We were perfectly seven and seven, although we yeah, didn't pick we the were. same seven teams to go over/under. Uh, Baylor over/under seven and a half. We both picked the under. They finished it in three wins, obviously. Uh, BYU had the weird four and a half, five or five and a half. I picked the under. I hit it. You hit the over and missed. Cincinnati five and a half. I thought they would be better than that, but barely. But no, they were bad. Uh, Houston four and a half. Somehow we both picked the under. It worked out. Squeaks by. Got got it. Iowa State four and a half. We both picked the under. We were both dead wrong. I was not feeling the Cyclones in August with all that stuff happening. Not at all. Kansas, six and a half. I picked the over. You picked under. The over cashed on that one. Kansas State, seven and a half. We both picked the over. Oklahoma, nine and a half. We both said they wouldn't hit that. They finished at 10. Oklahoma State, six and a half. I said under. You said over. Probably not that much over. They went, you know, nine wins. Yeah. Pretty significant over. Six and a half. Texas, uh, we split here. They were nine and a half, finished with 11. I said they'd go over. You said under. That was T- totally a hater, a hater pick on my part. That's okay. TCU, seven and a half. We both said under. We were both right. Texas Tech, seven and a half wins. We both said over. We were both wrong. Oh, they should have won eight games. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> UCF, six and a half. Uh, I said over. I was, I was a believer. Just barely missed that, though. You said under, and you were right there. We were both wrong on West Virginia's five and a half, and they finished with eight. So, all right. Let's talk basketball, Michael. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lady Raiders, perfect 7-0 and so far in the season. I've uh, gone on a four-game win streak since our last recording. Obviously, they haven't lost, so everything's a win streak right now. Um. Friday night, they demolished Texas A&M Commerce, 91-45. Monday, the 20th, they squeaked out, I guess, had a five-point win versus UTSA, but a win's a win's a win, right? Uh, and then they had their their Thanksgiving weekend tournament in Las Vegas, took down Rutgers by seven points, and then Santa Clara by five. Um I actually took the family to the UTSA game. That was a great game to go to. Awesome. Got seats five rows up right behind the ESPN broadcasters. I had a shirt thrown at me that I totally whiffed oh. missing. <laughs> Just right through the hands, like one of Mahomes' receivers. Mm. And she threw it with about as much mustard as Mahomes does. I mean, that I felt the air zip by. So uh, she probably thought that was a blast. You, and you're just like, I, I felt like she was throwing it to someone. I'm going to assume she was, assume she was throwing it to someone 18 rows behind me because that was how much, how much mustard she had on that. But that was a fun game. That was one of those that felt like the lady Raiders were going to run away with it a little bit, but because uh, UTSA came out and they played really tough and close in the first quarter. And you thought, man, this is just going to be neck and neck the whole way. And then second quarter, it kind of opened up. Lady Raiders started hitting some threes. Uh, Chevalier, my gosh, I think hell would be trying to break a press against her or something. It's just, yeah, she's really tenacious on defense. But so kind of going into halftime, it felt like, oh, the Lady, the Lady Raiders may run away with this. And nope, third quarter happened. I think 
UTSA outscored them third and fourth quarters. So they, they kept getting in there and uh, making some good shots and playing good defense. It was, it was an exciting game. It was fun. And we're going to go to, I know you're about to get into the schedule. So Mm -hmm. they play tomorrow night, which is not November 69th. What date is that? November 28th. So they play tomorrow night at 6 p.m. versus UC Irvine. That's going to be on ESPN Plus. 29th. Today's the 28th. You're right. I looked at today's date and put today's date in because I'm a goober. Uh, Friday, December 1st versus Houston Christian, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. We're going to that one too. So excited to see them play again. Took advantage of the Thanksgiving 23 promo. They're like $3 tickets. Nice. Um, And then... They'll play Tuesday night right after we record next week versus Sam Houston. Right before we and, record. Yeah, sorry. Well, it'd be a late game if they yeah, were starting after. You're right. You're right. So um, just, you know, go out and see the Later Raiders if you can. Most of all their games are on ESPN Plus, except for those few that were in Las Vegas that were on Flow Hoops. Boo, Flow Hoops. And also, be sure to check out our friends within the Staking the Plains podcast network, seeing Scarlet, go check out what they have to say about the Lady Raiders. They have interviews. Um, they have a, quite a bit of access to the program and are doing an excellent job giving the Lady Raiders the coverage they deserve. So please check out Seeing Scarlet. Shelby and Sibby will walk you through and keep you hyped up for everything Lady Raider basketball. Yeah, they do. Hey, do fantastic work. They were on the ball all season with the, the soccer team. Yes. Uh, super, super in-depth coverage on the basketball team last season as they kicked off their podcast. So if you don't follow them, subscribe to their, their stuff, you're missing out. The men's team, uh, we mentioned five and one so far this season. Um, they, I guess they finished fifth in the Battle for Atlantis tournament. Uh, they dropped game one to Villanova, uh, battled back against Northern Iowa when it was, they were down at half. I was like, oh no, this is really bad. <laughs> uh, had to come yeah. back to win that one. Uh, won it by two uh, on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving morning. And then um, yeah, and some last second heroics too. It was pretty dramatic. Yeah. And then just absolutely dominated Michigan. And I don't, I don't know what happened with uh, Jawan Wow, Jawan Woward. Howard getting ejected there, but uh, I never found out either. Yeah, I, I, I was. We were running around a lot Friday, um, but you win that one pretty big, seventy three fifty seven. Um, it's fantastic to see that. Uh, getting ready for the trip to Indianapolis, take on Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, that'll be Thursday night. So here in a, a day and a half. Um, you are a slight underdog in this game, at least according to Haslametrics, uh, 68.99, so just under 69 points to 70.54, uh, in favor of Butler there. Um, they are, uh, the 58th best team on Ken Palm, uh, whereas Texas Tech is 47th, but obviously you're going to be on the road. Um, you did take, you, you know, you did see a, a significant bump here in Haslametrics. You went from 45th to 30th. 
Uh, you're 47th on Ken Palm. Um, BPI only ranks in top 50. You were 44th, and you're no longer in that right now. So um, your your tempo, Michael did find this. Your tempo is is picking up. You were 300th. Uh, we talked about that last week or like or last time, but it's 230, 232. Um, but you've got this matchup coming up against Butler this weekend. Uh, this week, not this weekend. Um, pretty balanced uh, in terms of offense, defense. They're 60th on offense, 62nd on defense, whereas you're 101st on offense, 13th on defense. Uh, but the tempo there is quite a bit slower, 232 to 115. They are 5-2 and two on the season. They lost to Michigan State and Florida Atlantic, who were both ranked at the time. And they've beaten Penn State and Boise State. Um, Michael, wh- wh- what is your feel on this uh, this Texas Tech edition in the Big East battle? I I don't have a it, like you said. It, it's kind of going to be strange to go against such a balanced team that that don't they play a lot better offense than Tech does, but not as good a defense and to have it be kind of that disparity. This could be, I don't know this, maybe tech will actually get a little bit of points on the board. It could be kind of a higher scoring game than what we've seen so far, but we have seen some pretty high scoring games to get into the, into the seventies as many times as we have uh, on both sides, you know, on, on mm-hmm. offensively and defensively, that's not something you're seeing too much the last few years in this program. But uh, yeah, I think Haslam, the Haslam metrics is probably right to get it close to the seventies. I think both of these teams will be able to, to score on each other, despite tech having kind of the edge defensively. But I mean, Pierre Brooks, the second, he's uh, one of their guard slash forwards. He comes in at six, six Big dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy and he's their highest scorer on the team. He's averaging almost 17 points a game on 50%. Field goal shooting, including 41% from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 74% from the line. So, uh, you know, pretty effective there. Forward, Jamil Telfort, 6'7", 225. Not quite as beefy, but he's their second leading scorer with 14 points per game, 45% from the field, 33% from three, 81% from the uh, from the charity stripe. And I mean, and as a team... These guys shoot 33.5% from three. Tech is at 27%, which surprised me, honestly. I thought it was going to be worse. I I didn't go back through and see where it ticked up, but it obviously must have been better in the battle for Atlantis. They must have made up a little bit of ground because the first two games were abysmal, and it must have just gotten a, you know better beyond that. But uh, you know something to watch for against Butler – Butler has 41 steals as a team in seven games. So even if their defense may not be as formidable, according to Haslametrics or something, they do have a knack for knocking the ball away and they have a knack for blocking. Yeah. I was going to the ball point that out. Yeah. Six, yeah, the big guy guy. Off the bench. Yeah. Six, 10. I think he's two fifteen, not one fifteen. I <laughs> definitely be, didn't type that right. <laughs> pretty, pretty uh, rail yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah, he he he's only played in six games, but he has thirteen blocks, Spencer, Oof. and that's in seventy-four minutes of play. Thirteen blocks. I think Tech as a team has twenty or twenty-one, something like that. And this this is a big 
big dude with a headband, I think, who comes up off the the bench and just swats some shots and goes and sits back down. I'm going to look it so, up. Connor yeah, Turnbull. might have to see what Connor Turnbull does. If if you see him enter the court, then I don't, I don't know if you should drive the lane too much. Uh, I don't see any, any headbands, but... Uh, oh, maybe I made that up. Where's 22 for Butler? I think I made that up. He's a big white guy, so I just assumed he had a headband. He's got he's got some lettuce too. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was it. I just assumed people with lettuce have a headband. Yeah. I would. I so, did actually back when I had hair. I wore a headband. I would have loved to see that. Um, I might have a picture floating around somewhere. So yeah, I, I'd I'd love to see Tech Tech uh, take this one, steal it on the road. But uh, so far, it's like I don't. I have to see it to believe it. You know, it was same way with, with the football team going on the road. Uh, and then being able to to win there, just so many questions so far in this in the early part of the season, uh, with the rotation and, and who's going to step up and, and, and is the shooting going to improve? Is your defense going to continue to play as as, as strongly as it has? Um, after that, though, you come back home for next week, uh, Wednesday the sixth, hosting Omaha. Uh, pretty comfortable win here projected. Omaha's not a great team. 81 58 we'll, we'll do the more of a full preview on that next week once we come back uh, and then you're off again until the following tuesday so this will be probably right about halftime as, as we hit record here 8 p.m versus oral bob uh about a 13 14 point win so far projected for the red raiders um anything else on basketball michael I think I'm good for now. I, I I don't want to comment too much because I have not given this team the the time it deserves for me to do that. So I really kind of need to sit my butt in front of the TV and watch more games and pay more attention. And I will do that now that football season's over. I just my brain just gets to zeroed in on one thing. Well, let's zero in on basketball, Michael. Let's pay attention. Let's do Focus. it. That's that's where we are now, baby. All right, let's uh, let's, I just baby, I just babied you, man. Let's wrap this up with what do we learn? All right, okay. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, um, Michael, you 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 posed a question and then you have a a thought here. Where where do you want to start? Let me let me start with my thought. It's I've got an old man yells at cloud thought thing. So uh, my wife and I went to the UCF game, bought tickets through seat geek, which was <coughs> easy, not a big deal. Uh, and I guess because of the ticketless thing, they showed it. They even show up in my Texas tech account so I could see them there and <coughs> went to my phone, never had a problem, but I'm not someone who likes to hunt around for parking and so even though I bought it on SeatGeek and I just have the one ticket, this was a Sunday or a Saturday before the game I did this, I purchased a parking pass. Okay. And and the last time I did this, the same thing happened. They did not mail it. And I had to drive my happy ass up to Jones AT&T Stadium between the hours of 8 and 5 and pick it up in person to get the parking pass. And you just feel like one, all right, you know, I live in town. 
just put it in the mail. Two, if you're not going to put it in the mail, tell me. Don't just send me an email saying, hey, confirmed, we've received your thing. Three, why is this still a thing? Right. Why like, aren't like these digital? You can't scan these things anymore? Yes. Right. I mean, they don't even scan them when you walk. When you, why are these still a thing? Put, make it a thing where I can just get it on my phone and if someone has to scan it or they can just look at my phone when I drive in, fine. I, I will handle that. And then the other thing, I get to the stinking arena parking and they're there with all these passes. I, and I, I didn't even think about it. But like, could I have just bought a pass that day as I was driving into the parking lot and probably paid half the price? Here's the thing too, Spencer, $15 parking pass, $30, $30 with fees and convenience and shipping. They didn't mail the thing. It cost me $6 for them to not mail it. I had to go get it. How does that work out? Cause you're not being like, I don't know. You charged me shipping for something that I had to come pick yes. up. You didn't yeah. ship it. It was like some some fee, some something, some shipping fee, and fifteen dollars turned into thirty. Give me a break. And then I have to download an app to ride the bus. Grow up. Old Why can't I just Michael. hand someone cash? Like the old days. Just hand a man cash and just here you go, good sir. Here's ten dollars for my my fine wife and I to to take the carriage to the football game. So this no, is gonna I have to stand there and download an app and sign up and create a password and enter my credit card and buy the two one way pass things and then accept oh, it and then do something else and then show the person, can I get on the bus now? No, apparently not. Sorry. Um I was gonna say this is gonna out me out me as having not been to a Texas Tech game this year and and, and for a while. Well, like, I've I've, I I've been to one every UMC. year. Well, I've is, been to one every available? year. It is it is, but they have a bus there, right? Which but, you have so to pay if for you, the bus, but you have to pay to get on. Yeah. So the the crutch is the this is the first time my wife and I have been to a game. We we started talking about it. This is the first time we've been to a game together since I think 2015. No, 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 no. That's not right. That's not right. We, we 2017 or 18 was the last time we were at a game together. Um, but I've been to some since then. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to do is I would go park and then I would walk to the game just cause I like to walk the campus. If I'm just by myself, I'm, I, that's usually what I do. So I haven't ridden the bus from the USA to, the Jones in like three or four years. Now I've ridden it back to the USA because they don't ask for money when you go back. Yeah. But I I like walking across campus. And so I thought, you know, it was kind of chilly and we weren't going to do that. No big deal. But yeah, I didn't know that that could have been implemented two or three seasons ago. The whole get your, you know, download your app for your bus pass thing. I'm sorry. So I wanted to get that out of the way. It was, you know what, but the game itself was great. Aside from the super, super, super drunk people in front of us. Oh man. That that I don't think watched the game at all. Somehow occupied two or three rows and were in different seats constantly. None of them were their seats. We don't know 
it was it was bizarre and they were all like 30s you know they were mid 30s they they were not it was almost sad it was just they had snuck in this bottle of tequila and we're passing it around and this guy almost this guy fell as he was trying to be real cool and go over the seats and spilled his beer all over like four people just i mean that this there were a couple of them that spent more time facing the opposite direction is the game over here the the football no one knew what the score was you could ask them anything about the game and they wouldn't be able to tell you (laughs) where'd you sit about the 50 yard line on the east side but i was um i was pretty pretty high up like Mm -hmm. road Ah, crap. I can't remember what row was on. Not super high up, like, but kind of right in the middle of the middle, if that makes any sense. It was perfect. They were great seats. We loved the seats, but then these people showed up midway through the second quarter, and you're like, good Lord, I wish they would leave. I never finished the rewatch on the UCF game. I, I started, and I realized my, my recording picked up. Uh, and it was seven zero. It's like, what, where, where's the first UCF score? Why, why is this? Why is this wrong? Hulu, what, what did you do? Because I, I set it to record before the game started, so it must have had like a channel switch or something, and didn't catch it or something. I don't know. I was frustrated. I was like, Pff. and then we weren't going to do an instant reaction to UCF. So I was like, I'm not. I, I just I, yeah, I followed like the whatever. game from the beach, or whatever, from from the, our, our, our vacation. Um, but never got to watch any of it. Uh, speaking of, so, though, we we we, we yeah. were back home uh, in time for Thanksgiving dinner. <clears throat> Probably the latest I've ever done Thanksgiving, the actual Thanksgiving meal in my life. We usually do like we're one of those weird families that I grew up having Thanksgiving lunch at like three o'clock, uh, which my wife thinks is absolutely insane. But well, if <laughs> if that's just like if you go into it like that's what you do, then you you plan for that. You have a bigger breakfast. Uh, you grab you grab some snacks beforehand, and then you stay, stay out of the way because you if you're in the kitchen, you're in the way, or you're gonna be put to work, and that's also just as bad. yeah, yeah. Um, but they've always done like a lunch like at noon, and I was like, oh, it's I can see it both ways. Anyways, they they delayed it because uh, our family and then Samantha's sister that were traveling with us, we were driving back from San Antonio Thanksgiving Day, so we were we we rolled in like four o'clock. Thanksgiving Day, uh, so we had dinner, uh, which was fantastic. But there was some some family tension about starting Thanksgiving meal that late. Mm. But mm. anyways, no, uh, Thanksgiving t- family tension at Thanksgiving is always the best, isn't it? Well, it's, it's great. Family tension anytime the entire family gets together about anything. Yeah, pictures, something. Sunday dinner, something is being brought mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was good. It was good food. Uh, you know, obviously the baby's first Thanksgiving, uh, and she's old enough now where she's eating stuff with like, of course, lots of Thanksgiving sides are soft enough to give to a baby. So I was like, yes, that's bite true. for me, a bite for the baby, a bite for me. I don't like yams anymore. Baby does though. <laughs> Load her up. Uh, but it was also, uh, with it being vacation, uh, it was one of the last, uh, last meals of like a cheat week. Which was uh, not the yeah, way to go. Yeah. Um, I think, my granted, I wasn't keeping up with exercise or or my water intake, but I think when I got back, I was nine pounds heavier than when I left. 
<laughs> but I'm down seven pounds since that happened. So I was like, so I, was I've also Steven. lost it real, real quick. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, fairly good Thanksgiving. What about you, man? How was your Thanksgiving, your meals, your meal? It was it was good. I I was trying to, I was going to see if you had like a highlight, if there was a food highlight that either you guys brought or someone had there, you know, what was the best thing when you sat down at at Thanksgiving or even if, if it was a dessert later on, we did not bring anything because we were coming back into town, uh, without any time to do anything. Um, then should have expected this. I've never actually tried to go out and and buy anything on Thanksgiving, but everything had shut down at like noon. If they were even open Ah. on Thanksgiving had closed. So we weren't gonna be able to bring anything anyways. Traveling back on Thanksgiving day, was a was a disaster. We were we trying to find a, a oh, spot no. about halfway back so we could stop for lunch. Uh, and halfway between San Antonio and Lubbock is like Ballinger. <laughs> yes, there's like there's like oh there's like, also there's there's a there's a also like there's a golden chick. There's this like small mom and pop uh, burger place, Sonic there, McDonald's, whatever. We'll find something. Rolling in town. Gas station some, like, is the only thing. Bearcat Diner. There's a Bearcat <laughs> Diner somewhere if you yeah. know where to look. But Allsup's was the only place open. Yeah, it was. So we had, um, we got Fritos, uh, <sighs> bean dip, <laughs> like a little, oh the little package of queso. We made little nachos. The kids uh, had Did lunchables. Did you just drive back coolers. to Lubbock with the windows down or what? It wasn't that bad. Wasn't uh, that bad? Okay. We had like just a little bit of car snacks left. We weren't trying to keep any car snacks, but um, we, we were ready for, for Thanksgiving dinner. Like we, we didn't. Eat oh, anything. I bet. Uh, but I mean, we, like it was standard Thanksgiving fair for us. We didn't do anything, any crate, anything crazy. We didn't have uh, anything non-traditional. Had a couple of turkeys. Uh, that were, they were great. Mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, uh, cornbread stuffing, stovetop stuffing. Dressing, whatever you want to call it. I'm not super particular about what you call it, but dressing. Um, Everyone knows what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the it. broccoli souffle casserole type thing, green bean casserole. It's just standard stuff. It was, it was good. It wasn't like there wasn't anything on my plate. I was like, I need more of that. Um, there were four different pie options. Uh, and I got two small slices of my pies I wanted to try. Samantha got two slices of pies that she wanted to try, which between the two of us, we, we covered all four of them. So I, <laughs> had, I had a bite of hers, her two. I had pumpkin and a berry cobbler type pie, or I guess cobbler. Uh, her, then she had like a chocolate pudding type pie and uh, a pecan. Oh, man. So... Pecan is so good. It was good. Uh, I the way the way Kyle was talking about them them taking some barbecue home for Thanksgiving is like I, I want to try like a barbecue spin too. I, I, I'm not gonna like go all in and like we're gonna do like a barbecue Thanksgiving, but maybe have like turkey and brisket or turkey and some pulled pork and make some little sliders or something on the, the Hawaiian rolls or. Well, I did a, I, I did smoke a turkey breast this year. I've got like this, it's actually a Traeger recipe where you make herb butter and you put it under the skin and then you baste it with the herb butter too, but you also brine it like the night before. So anyway, um, 
I did that. And, and while I was doing that, I was kind of going to do my own really, really minor spin on it. I'd bought some Opa's smoked sausages. Mm. And I was just going to have, right? Who doesn't like just, hey, here's some sliced smoked sausage just around. You know, just grab you, grab you a piece, whatever. While I've got the smoker running, I, you know, throw some sausages on there. Yeah, I forgot to put them on. Oh, no. Never, never even remembered. <laughs> it was like that night. Oh, yeah, we've got those sausages. Dang it. Well, I mean, we'll still eat them sometime. But yeah, I would be. What, what I, I enjoy about what we do is Christmas is like. It's always non-traditional. We never. We've done prime rib a couple, not prime rib, uh, beef tenderloin a couple times. But outside of that, it's just kind of whatever sounds good. Uh, Christmas is always just a free for all. Sometimes we, I think we have done ham before. So that's the one where we really just kind of do whatever we want. We were even talking about uh, doing steaks this year, just getting some good steaks and marinating them and throwing those on the, on the grill. But yeah, I like your idea of, you know, kind of a, kind of keeping it traditional possibly for a Thanksgiving, but then throwing some sort of barbecue spin. And I feel like, Pulled pork or ribs would be would be kind of in that mix there. Like, I mean, I could see a rack of ribs just sitting somewhere along dressing and green beans and, you know, polish off a piece of pecan pie after you had some ribs. That'd work. That all that all works. We've done a we've done prime rib the past few Christmases at my mom's house. And then we did a uh, we, we got one, one last year from, uh, Red Rooter Meats. That was oh yeah, my, that's right. Sorry, that they, they had cooked. We just warmed up, um, which was fantastic. Uh, and my mom was like, so what, what, what do we want to have on Christmas day? And I was like, I don't know if, if we want to do the same thing again. Like if we want to go get another roast or, uh, she doesn't have a smoker at her house. So I can't like, let's do brisket and then like have a way <laughs> yeah. to actually make it happen. We could do it in the oven, but that's not smoking a brisket. Um, so I need to figure that out. I I did um, I did get a I, I wanted to get one of those little turkey roasts to, to put on the smoker and have have more turkey. We didn't have a, there were no leftovers that came home with us, which was wild. This is one of the first times I can ever remember. Like I had Thanksgiving meal once, and that was it. Um, really? Yeah, that is kind of it. We were. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. We, we had some leftovers, but it was all manageable. It wasn't like a crazy amount, which we thought was, oh, that's nice. And we've been, especially my wife's really conscious of trying to do that and trying to coach our moms. Hey, make extra. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> you're not feeding teenage boys anymore. And let's not, yeah. <laughs> we can, we can, we can make half. Yeah. Um. So on, on our, on our grocery order, like right after we got back, this was like, Saturday, I think, which was also a mess. Uh, oh, sure. I think it was Saturday. We we needed a few things. We had a small order, but big enough that we could actually place an order. Uh, we get to Walmart, and we had it set to pick up for like eight and nine. And first says your your order's delayed. We're like well, that's fine because we we were we were over at parents' house and we weren't ready to leave yet. We're like well, that's fine. We're watching a movie. We'll wrap it up. Uh, Lost City. It's hilarious. The second time, even the oh man through. We've been um, wanting to watch that. Yeah, Sandra Bullock and 
who Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Channing, Channing, <laughs> Channing Tatum. Dang, you got me. I knew it was Tanning. No, Chan- that wasn't in per- whatever. His that name was not is. intentional. That was um, not intentional. I just funny. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so we we, we get the, the text. It's ready to go. It's like eight fifteen. So it's like only like fifteen minutes late. So we pack up and head out. Movie's over. We end up sitting outside waiting for them to bring our order for an hour and a half. Samantha has a has a has a theory that their delivery the the pickup employees didn't want to drop off any groceries in the rain. It, at that, t- at that point in our part of our little slice of our little slice of heaven down here in South Lubbock, it was sprinkling Saturday night. And I guess Samantha thought it was enough pr- precipitation that they were like, no, nah, I don't want to get outside in that. So like <laughs> nobody was getting their food. And like there were, there was a line outside the, the door the outside door, they come out of your food. People were standing in line. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to get in line. Like, we're going to ask them as they walk by, but I'm not standing in line. And it took us an hour and a half to get our order. Oh, my gosh. It did not have that turkey roast in our order, so we still haven't been able to. Long story short, TLDR did not get the turkey roast yet. So We got a free chuck roast in ours. Stop. My wife did, my wife did a pickup yesterday. Came home with a... A free chuck roast. And we were both you, like, yes, because usually whatever the free thing you accidentally get sometimes is just, oh, crap. I'm not going to eat this. See if, Or you're missing something. This I was like, this is the best. We got a chuck roast. See if she'll make you some beauty tacos. I'm going to I'm gonna see. She's got, it, she's got it planned already. So for the week, it just threw her off because she's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. I think we're going to have to freeze it. And I was like, okay. Tacos. Yeah, we'll freeze it. That's a great idea because I was almost thinking beef stew. Well, that that's kind of where I was leaning to was you like a really hearty beef stew. Cube it up and make make some some chili. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, bonus chuck roast. <laughs> bonus roast. Um, Sorry to whoever didn't get theirs, but it's kind of I'm expensive. sure they were able to just yeah. I'm sure. I mean, you they don't really question stuff. You. You just say it wasn't in your thing and then they give it to you. Yeah. Cause it happens a lot. All right. I think that'll do it for us on the 23 <laughs> personnel podcast this week. Are you sure you don't have more to talk about? I got lots of food to talk about. We, we can keep going. <laughs> um, we've been having a lot of uh, pork butt lately, smoked pork butt. I have to get one of those defrosted and on the smoker here pretty soon. Uh, anyways, that'll do it for us this week on Swing Through Personal Podcast, getting you ready for transfer season, for basketball season. Uh, but for Michael, I'm Spencer. Catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.